surprise, we're actually not going to be talking about Mothra today. We're going to be talking about Yeti. So, hope you guys You've tricked us for that. yet again, you dirty Very dog. Very funny, have... Michael. This isn't a laughing know, matter, I okay? <laughs> I didn't come here to But it is, it is a yeah. This isn't a place for joking, okay? You know, I don't know what you're trying to do, um, but I'm here to talk about Mothra, uh, and I'm not here to fool around. You're trying to undermine us and make us look stupid, but you're we're not falling for us. it. You're gaslighting us, and we're not going to fall for <laughs> look, it. I don't have to Twitter. work. I don't have to work even that hard to make you guys look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Michael, better known as the Kaiju Groupie, and today I am joined by two very special, and I use special in the literal sense, uh, friends of the podcast, Mr. Grattan Conwell and some other guy that he co-hosts his show, Giant Monster BS, with Matt Grattan. How are you guys doing? Doing uh, good. I've been better. <laughs> yeah, Gretton's, had, <laughs> Gretton's been grouchy today. He didn't get his nap. Yeah. yeah. Got hit by a car. I didn't he get acting, my Has he been acting like coffee. a child? <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't drink any coffee today. I'm just mad because Matt's been calling our podcast our podcast, but I don't know how you can do that when I do about 99% of the work. And you, uh, all you do is uh, kind of attend and sit in on the recordings. I do my work. I uh, listen. I, I've never spent more time on anything as much as I've spent time on this. This is the only thing that well, matters. This is all I have, Gretton. We kid for him. <laughs> okay. So, so Matt, you're saying this is literally all you have in your life is, going yeah. for you at this moment. Yeah, I don't have a house. I don't have clothes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I sleep in a oh. ditch on the side of the road <laughs> without a blanket I'm... or pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I could have made so many inappropriate jokes there, but Travis, you're lucky. <laughs> Uh, anyway, before we get any further, guys, I just want to say thanks for joining me. I know Travis is still on a little bit of a hiatus, so thank you so much for stepping up and stepping in here for us as we get to talk about a pretty popular movie that's not Yeti, uh, for this podcast. But before we get into all that, uh, take a few minutes, tell the folks at home, uh, that are not familiar with you guys already a little bit about yourselves. Well, we do a podcast sort of similar to the podcast that you guys do. Uh, we're kind of the X-rated uh, HBO yeah. or Showtime. We're the dark web version. Of <laughs> yeah. <a> podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're like the adult swim. Uh, we're, oh, yeah. We love giant monster movies. We love laughing. We love... We're just a couple of happy guys <laughs> living. We love laughing. But we review giant monster movies. We make fun of giant monster movies. Uh, our, the goal of our podcast is to review every single giant monster movie over the course of we've got a twelve-year plan in place. Right. <laughs> and by okay, the end of it, so we're that would like... mean that would mean you guys are going to outlast the kaiju cast. Then 
That's the goal. who? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Who? Yeah, you, you know that little that, that little podcast <laughs> that uh, yeah that little podcast by a guy named Kyle Kyle something uh, that kind of inspired all of us to get into all the to get into podcasting about giant monsters. Yeah, whoever that guy is. <laughs> yeah, well, you got you guys uh, put on a good show, and I don't know if I would say the HBO version of Kaiju <laughs> podcasts, but it's definitely Showtime. the QAnon version of uh, <laughs> QAnon. QAnon. Hey, hold on! <laughs> you can't put it. We're trying to get rid of these bad reviews. Yeah, we're trying to put an end to this to this bad association people have with us. Listen, we don't believe in QAnon except for the p- one part where <laughs> <laughs> that the part I don't know what QAnon is, but if I did, I would be very upset with you. Yeah. Listen, we don't Yeah. We are but, uh, no, you, we're a couple of kindly souls. We pray every day to um, God. To God, of course, you know. Um, you know, we're good people. Um, we please leave us alone. Please leave us alone. We're just trying. Please. We're just trying to run a podcast. That's what I say. I know. I know. You, not you, so many words. I, I, you guys put out a, uh, a recent episode. It's a little mini-sode. And I, I don't think it's inappropriate to mention it here about uh, just supporting smaller content creators. Basic, that was sort of the gist of it um, mm-hmm. and how important uh, that is to this community and you guys are definitely um you you guys are definitely a part of a of this community i mean you're within that circle of of the people that we talk to we're all not as big as kaiju cast or even uh gargantu cast or kaiju transmissions or whatever but we're all just kind of off doing our own thing we're all a little bit smaller we're all just kind of hanging out together and it's just good to to help one another out when we can which is why i'm having you guys on um <laughs> So your little charity case, <laughs> basically. Yes. I feel so sorry for you guys. Like, I mean, I, 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 when we were doing our episode list, I was talking to Travis. I was like, who can we have on? That's not all that popular. And it kind of, it's, we kind of just feel sorry for them <laughs> at first we were going to have Nathan on, but we've had Nathan on way too many times. So we yeah. decided to have you guys on instead. Right. Yeah. We thank you for your kind kindness. Yeah. You said, "Hey, I've got an idea. We can get we can do giant monster BS." And Travis is like, "You know, I'm not feeling. Yeah, I'm not feeling this right now. Take a break, actually, (laughs) for separate reasons. Yeah. I'm. I think I gotta go. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, bye. Yeah. And then he jumped out of a window. (laughs) Yeah. To get away. Yeah. It's it's completely unrelated as to why Travis is not on this episode. It has nothing to do with the fact that he or. It has nothing to do with the with with the accusation that he may or may not like giant monster BS. We got to get we got to get terminology right. But before right. we get too a little bit too deep into the weeds here, I do want to mention that we don't ha- we normally do news on this show. That's sort of our shtick. Mm. But uh, unfortunately, this week's been kind of quiet as far as news goes, unless you count toy news. And I really don't want to get into a whole lot of that because uh, our audience is not huge toy collectors. Um, so no, no new G- uh, GVK two seconds or one and a half seconds of footage to talk about this time around. Uh, so instead I want to play a little game with you guys. It was something that, uh, Travis and I came up with a few months ago just to kind of kill some time and it's called guess the bad review. So basically the premise behind guess the bad review 
is I read you reviews about certain films and you have to uh, guess about what uh, what those films actually are that they're talking about. So if you guys are ready, uh, I'm going to read off. Uh, there's about, let's see, Travis put in about six here. I may not get through them all, uh, but they're going to be easy answers, I think, for you guys. Uh, so if you're ready, let's get started. Okie dokie, dokie dokie. Hit us. Okay. The first one is a half star review or a half review, whatever. Right. Uh, it comes from a lovely human. Uh, who shall remain nameless. And the review reads like this. I absolutely hate this one. It creeps me out because they go into kids' bedrooms. Mm. Uh, is there any chance Brian Singer made the movie? Can you give me a hint? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no are, hints. So wait, are they are they giant monster movies? These are all giant monster movies. Okay, okay all right. Children's Bedroom, I'm thinking Rebirth of Mothra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you? Are you, Is that your final answer between your between the two of you? Uh, can you think of one really fast for this kid's any... bedroom? Maybe Gamera the Brave. Yeah. Um. Do we get separate answers or do we answer as a collective, as a uh, hive mind? As a hive mind, because you guys are one and the same. That's right. We're not actually separate people. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's me, and then you're a little puppet on my. And then I'm an AI. Arm. I'm an AI sitting in a mm -hmm. massive server. Grattan, you do such a good farm. job of throwing your voice. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's do Rebirth of Mothra. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Rebirth of Mothra is your answer. The correct answer is actually Monsters Inc. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> you tricked We've us. We've been played. <laughs> I've got to get out of here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Man, and Travis picked that? Dang. Yeah, yes, he better Travis, be glad he's not here. He made yes. us look so stupid. <laughs> after yes. all, man, that he played the long game with that one. Damn. God, that, he I'm, did. I'm amazed. Yes. Right out from under us. Right. Yes, Tra Travis Travis can be clever when he tries really, really hard. So the next review is a right. one-star review, and it comes from a lovely human. Uh, username is not important. Um, and the review reads like this. I hate this movie because it romanticizes monsters in a f uh, to be funny clowns. No, they are not. No, they are not. One time I was at my friend's house at a sleepover and in the middle of the night, a monster came and ate her and I now have PTSD and this movie is garbage and too scary for me to watch. Monsters are scary animals, not funny. What is your answer? My gut wants to say Monster Inc. again. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of the famous stand-up bit at the end. Monsters University. <gasps> Monsters University. Monsters University is your answer? Okay. Yep. The correct answer is actually Monsters, Inc. Oh. Ah, that was my but. Uh, you were about to answer Monsters, Inc. again. I couldn't. We were so close. Okay, yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't feel that bad for that one. Yeah. That's a fool me once situation. We're only getting, we're only getting closer. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We've just got a couple more. We're almost done here. Uh, the next one is... A one-star review, uh, also from Letterbox, and it's a short. It's a it's a shorty, and it just says way too many monsters. Okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, what is Monsters Inc? 
Grattan. I'm going to defer to Matt. This one's Matt's guess. What is Monsters, okay. Inc., Alex? Is... Well, if you answered what is Monsters, Inc., you would be correct. It is. What is Monsters, Inc.? Travis, I'm sensing a theme here. I, I don't <laughs> understand what's going on. Um, All right. It would have uh, been the grand finale, like the Joker, you know, the final trick of the <laughs> evening if the last one was Monsters, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's true. It's just yeah. true. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Here is the final one. It's it's a long one. I was going to read them all, but this one's so long. I'm just going to go for it and we'll see what happens. Um <clears throat> Blank appears to... It's a half-star review as well. Blank appears to avoid all political consideration because it's a quote-unquote wholesome, apolitical, animated family movie. But what lies beneath is a neoliberal propaganda film meant to tell us what the government authorities who harass us at home, at our work, and our local restaurants do indeed know what they are doing at the end of the day and will save us all through their recording and tracking of everything we do. I'm not saying that this is November 22 I'm sorry, and I'm not saying that this is November 2001 film. Well, this November 2001 film was coordinated with 9/11 attacks to further <laughs> <laughs> to further instill a cultural uh, comfort in Zionist and government surveillance. The same government surveillance which followed the Patriot Act and the Homeland Security Act, enabling contracts between the government and private online information businesses to monitor us and our data. I'm not. I think these. I think the these actions of Supreme Government Overwatch, with the ad, uh, advancement of the internet, where insatiable under capitalist ideology within the mass action against <laughs> against it, the u.s government utilized the 9-11 attacks to install these monitoring policies quicker and with greater force than it would have otherwise what freaking movie is this no. guy talking about okay so no, that's no, actually funny november 2001 giant monster uh, Giant monster movie narrows it down to two entries. <laughs> giant uh, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, giant monsters all out attack. Uh huh. Or Monsters Inc. Both have been confirmed by the Pope as Godzilla movies, right? And by extension, giant monster movies. Exactly. But the term animated. Oh, you gave it away. Yeah. What really gives it away is the fact that I wrote this review. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> so nice try, but it's uh, this is obviously my review. <laughs> Monsters Inc. Yeah. So we're locking it in with yeah, Monsters, Monsters Inc. Inc. <laughs> well well played gentlemen you you are correct you got uh you are three you are three for four monsters inc apparently was travis's favorite movie for at least the duration of these notes so well the most interesting thing boys. about monsters inc is the conversation around it uh that's is, true is the mainstay you know it's a conversation piece mm -hmm. i have to ask is this really your review though matt 
No, <laughs> I'm not quite that schizophrenic. Okay, I'm just making sure because I, I wasn't, because you said that and I was like, well, I can kind of see it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Uh, I mean, well, some of what he says is true. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's I mean, true. that's whole... a really cool way to read uh, Monsters, Inc. Is like, <laughs> imagine being that schizophrenic. It's like, government wants us to be okay with being you know you're so cool. be like uh oh sully we gotta get the kid to the you know <laughs> he's like oh my god <laughs> he's thinking about 9-11 <laughs> he's thinking about 9-11 being watched he's like it's it's the way people feel when they're watching a scanner darkly he's, yeah. he's like oh my god <laughs> that's super cool i wish i could be that crazy yeah. oh i know the, some of these are nuts uh i was I, I wish i could i wish i had time to share all of them but uh some of them are a little bit uh weirder than this but uh but yeah that was that was a lot of fun thanks guys for participating and uh for those of you listening at home every now and then we do like to play these little games with our guests just to kind of shake things up and if we have a slow news week um we like to pull these things out and and see what comes out of the conversation but but you guys were good sports and i really appreciate it so moving on to our main topic i know we normally don't uh we're normally not that short on the news segment but uh there you go uh these guys are just so freaking geniuses that we just kind of blew through it all and um so we're moving on to the next topic, and so uh, each week before we each week we like to ask a trivia question that associates with the movie that we're going to be talking about. This week's trivia question was: What Toho film was co-produced with Columbia Pictures and features a duet by the Peanuts? We had a bunch of answers. Uh, a lot of them were correct. Some of them were kind of funny. Um, some of them not so funny. So we're going to get a good mix here. Uh, Nicholas Blackler are the, the, the one person who stands this podcast, um, said going to have to go with Snoop Zilla versus Wathra, or was it Godzilla Brown versus Dothra, Dogthra? Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, Jimmy from, Nas Jimmy from Nasada. Uh, don't know who that guy is. And said the mighty Kong, or as Nate likes to call it, the Walmart brand, the Walmart brand cola of Kong films. I can probably agree with that. Um, <laughs> Elijah Thomas of the Kaiju Conversations podcast, Yeti Ra. He's obsessed with close. Yeti. <laughs> it's close. It's close. Uh, some guy, there. some some guy named Nathan uh, says twins starring J Jaguar, and he sent over that little meme thing with the singular point jet Jaguar with mm. that has no legs. Uh, what a, Chris what an Deg odd answer. <laughs> it is an odd answer, but you know, uh, Nathan's an odd bird. He, he, uh, he's kind of all over the place. I, I, I don't know about that guy sometimes. Uh, our friend over <laughs> in Germany, uh, Chris Degel, night of the lip night of the lip toward What the hell? Uh, <laughs> night of the leppy door. Trust. Okay. All also right, a very close on. answer. Yes. <laughs> also a very close answer. Yeah. Uh, Alex Sperling, our favorite mailman, Mothra versus Godzilla, nineteen sixty four. Close, but no cigar. Completely Sorry, Alex. wrong. Completely <laughs> and utterly wrong. It, no, which, well, not even close. I mean, not even close. That's just funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Jira, uh, it's the great Mothra. It's the great Mothra, Charlie Brown. <laughs> close but without charlie brown 
Yeah, it is a pretty good answer. Good answer, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Un Z Amigo, Mothra versus Godzilla. Nope, we already covered that. T D Morgan, is it Mothra? I don't know. We'll find out. Wild Strike. Completely wrong. Mothra. We'll find out. Spiderus Prime Two and Crystal Lady Jessica, whoever the hell that is. Uh, all both answered Mothra. Um, I mean, I guess we'll find out in a minute. <laughs> Raymond Martin. Uh, we all live in the yellow daydream peanut starring the, me- the musical talents of the Beatles, the monkeys and the peanuts with special appearances by the Archies and bed rock rockers, pebble and bam, bam. I would probably pay to see that. Not mm, going to lie. Wow. I think I had that dream. Yeah, the other night actually. I think that's what my grandpa said before he died. (laughs) (laughs) Invader design, uh, the one where you need a bigger tin of raid. Yeah, Mm. that that makes sense too. Uh, Alex, Alex Cornette. Who, who, who's Alex Cornette? Like, do I, f- I feel like I know this person. I think um, he has a bit on the daily wire that show. <laughs> they oh, maybe on there. Maybe, maybe he does seem like a, he does seem like a right wing nut to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And speaking of nuts, uh, the nut job too. nutty, my nutty by nature. That's a classic. Damon- <laughs> That's right. Isn't it? What? I- yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The nut job, too nutty by it's nature. Correct. Yeah, that's that's exactly what's that's exactly what's is that the one with Gangnam Style in it, or is that the first nut job? <laughs> <laughs> there's no way to tell. Yeah, there's no. It's got to be out. actually that's uh, Monsters Inc. But anyway, um, Damon Noyce, uh, Charles Schultz holiday classic Kaiju on Ice, featuring Charlie and Sally, Linus and Lucy Van Pelt, and the rest of the Peanuts gang. Not a super imaginative answer, Damon. You've had better ones, but I'll give it to you. I'll give you an E for effort. And some people named Giant Monster Bull Scrotum. What is Monsters Sink? Uh, that's correct. Okay, I'll take I'll take hijacking your podcast for eight hundred. And yes, you guys have hijacked our podcast. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what's happening here. Uh, it's a hostage situation. Please box cutter in hand. That's right. Michael is <laughs> flying us directly into <laughs> the beautiful film of Mothra. That's right. Unless That's... we, unless you free the hostages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless we free the hostages. I am. We're, um, we're, we're yeah. flying straight into Mothra 1961, uh, directed by Ishiro Honda and the stars. Master. The master himself, of course, <laughs> and screenplay by Shinichi Takazawa. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I knew you would forget. <laughs> He's just helping you. I know. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> stars Frankie Sakai, Hiroshi Kozumi, uh, Ko, uh, Kyoko uh, Kawag. Kagwa, whatever the hell his name is, person's name is, uh, the Peanuts, Yumi Ito and Imi Ito as the Shobijin and Hiro Nakajima as Mothra. So the plot breakdown for this film, a giant ancient moth begins to attack Japan when, uh, when coming to the rescue of its two uh, foot tall worshippers who were taken by shipwrecked survivors. So Matt Grattan. Giant Monster BS, 
how much do you love this movie? We like this movie pretty good. I liked it. I, yeah. I really, I mean, we were very positive in our initial review. And <clears throat> uh, since that podcast, we've gotten the Mill Creek Blu-ray, mm-hmm. which has a, a good transfer of the original Japanese version. And I think I like that version even better than the uh, the dub that we already enjoyed for our review. Yeah, yeah. But I think this is a solid, solid giant monster movie. Seriously. And I, I think I think it is one of the quintessential uh, 60s Toho giant monster movies. Yeah. Well, it's, there with it's an important movie, too. It's a mm-hmm. it's a really important movie for the fact that you have now a kaiju who is uh, both large and benevolent at the same time and destruct mm. and also destructive because of, of her size. I mean, Mothra is a big girl, but um, mm-hmm. you know, she, this is the first time a benevolent Kaiju has come to screen that I know of. At least that was what I think that's the most groundbreaking part of this film, except for some of the special effects and, mm. and the fact that this film um, did reach a newer, wider audience with women. So that was also pretty important about this movie as well. So Matt, what are your f- first initial thoughts of this film? Um, I don't know. Like it, it I remember I, I've never really liked Rodan, you know, uh, when I saw Rodan, I didn't like it. And then when I rewatched it, I didn't like it, uh, you know, but like, um, so I, I'd always figured like Mothra was like of a similar quality, you know, like it would be sort of a subpar or at least I would mm-hmm. feel the same way about it. Right. And then you watch it and it's actually like got a lot, going for it like this isn't one of like shira honda's like cheapo you know off the cuff ones like there's real like artistry going into it especially if you get like a good transfer of it it's like yeah you can appreciate like all the like the the subtleties of the of the 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 effects and and like even the composition of of just like non-vfx shots yeah it's just i mean this this movie just generally really looks nice and like the the characters that it sort of comes up with to lead us through this you know giant monster involved story is like pretty solid you know it's it's a reporter which is pretty par for the course but Mm. like they do pretty well and like the guy that they got playing the reporter the main guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the is is that the guy? Isn't the, uh, isn't the, the fat guy? Is that the fat guy? The the, 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 the comic re- the, the comic yeah. relief guy. Yeah. yeah, his nickname is Zen. I think his real name is Fakuda. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, he's got like a lot of charm to him. I feel like like yeah, he's not just like yeah. dumb. Like he's really, I don't know. There's just something about him that's like really. He's like a really good leading guy. Um. And just, yeah, it, it seems like a lot of the stuff that would like, or even at this point already was like oversaturated, like these like tropes of this genre that would like mm. go on to become like, just like, you know, I don't think it was too saturated at this uh, point. Yeah. I think, what was this? 1961? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it wasn't too bad. No. Yeah. By but this like, point. this is stuff that like so many movies like this would like rip off and do over and over uh-huh, and over yeah. again, you know, and this just like feels, uh, it just feels like there's a little bit more to like everything in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were talking about the, 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 like uh part of the dance when like, they're trying to get the Mothra egg to hatch um, the uh, like Island. Inhabitants. Yeah. Like the ceremony, ceremonial yeah, right. dance. Yeah. And they've got like two people and it's almost like, there's also like a, like a, like a mating 
or like you know like courting dance yeah yeah that's that's time. what i noticed too when re-watching this film i i noticed because that's something you don't necessarily get in any other mothra related movie you get you get the dance you get like you get all the stuff with the the islanders and 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 whatnot but you ne- but but what that particular scene where it's like like you said matt it's like sort of a mating dance and it's kind of uh it's it's very subjective as they await basically the birth of mothra so mm. like i'm not sure if there's like anything to to mine out of that but it is it is very subjective mm. or i'm so it's very suggestive um to you know kind of what's happening in that scene right yeah and it, it just lends sort of a depth and a texture to that you yeah know? it makes it feel lived in a, a little, little more, yeah which is hard to deeper. do when you've got you know you got uh you know island people that are sp- that are you know just japanese people kind of uh, painted brown um, right yeah so you know but it, it, it there is like so many other movies that would come after this are gonna like stamp they're just like it's like that stuff is just like meaningless it's like totally going through the motions of like going yeah. to an island and they're yeah, like, oh, uh, they believe in something camera oh, versus barugan and yeah even king kong versus godzilla yeah and- just this stuff would become like totally just i mean like nothing you know like it might yeah. as well not even be it's like white noise like just Blah. But like here, it just it feels like more <clears throat> substantial mm-hmm. uh, in every way. And I think that's partially down. But it feels like just there's more effort and like more like genuine passion to like mm-hmm. make something good here instead of like a product. Like that's why I say it's movies. like quintessential is because it, it, it has a lot of the, the tropes that go on to like yeah. reappear throughout this genre as a whole, not even just Toho movies, but you know, mm. onto Gamera and Gappa and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, right. But here it, it feels like the one, like the one that did it right. The one that yeah. did it with, yeah. with emotion and, and care. Mm-hmm. And I think it really sticks out for that. Yeah, totally. It, it's, it's, it's really good that, yeah, there's like, like little bits of style in the movie too. Mm-hmm. Like just little moments of lighting that are like mm. really, like they light the uh when when like the uh science team is like getting attacked mm-hmm. or, or not even attacked there's they're know, getting surrounded by the, the yeah, natives the natives are just like you know they're trying to steal the mothertone so that first level mm-hmm. time and uh there's just like this <clears throat> semi surreal lighting it looks like they're like lighting the villagers from like a above or something mm-hmm. it's just some like sort really of weird, yeah yeah there's like this really weird sort of surreal feeling it makes these yeah it makes these natives feel like really just like kind of separate from reality in this really weird yeah way. like they're missed like they're like they might not be there you yeah, know what i mean yeah it's like mystical and the, they're moving really weirdly uh and just there's that extra care to like do something yeah with this stuff you know yeah there's what- a lot more uh mi- i feel like there's a lot more mysticism in this movie than other than than subsequent moth, uh, subsequent Mothra movies that we would get later on, even the the next appearance by Mothra would be in '64 when Mothra versus Godzilla. And there's not even, I mean, there is there is mysticism in every Mothra film, but I feel like this one stands apart um, among sort of the, among her Showa films as the mm-hmm. most mystic and the most fantastical. Um, and maybe because that, maybe that's just due to this being her debut film. I I don't know. And they just sort of, they were still experimenting with the character and experimenting Mm. with some of the tropes and some of the things that would make her, her for the, for the remainder of, of, of her character. So, uh, I think then like, I kind of compare 
this movie to what we got in the '90s with the '90s trilogy because there was a lot of mystic- there was a lot of mysticism and a lot of fantastical elements to those that we didn't necessarily get with the Showa era, um, and for better or for worse, of course, because you mm-hmm. know I take sort of the the Heisei era Mothra films with a grain of salt. I don't care for them personally, uh, but I am glad that. But I am, but I can see, I should say, uh, that that they tried to go back to they they tried to do a return to form with the with the Heisei trilogy, but mm-hmm. you know it kind of fell a little bit flat at parts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and also the the demographic I feel was very different for those movies. Yeah. Right, I, they were catering a lot towards children, and I feel like children were an afterthought, if anything. For this one, for most movies, I think a lot of the time they were, but this is just trying to be like an uh, sort of fantasy action adventure. Yeah, I think this was like right thing. before, or like you know maybe like uh, six or seven <laughs> years before, like the big turn into like okay, now every giant mm-hmm. monster is catered entirely towards kids. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just trying to be good movies. And yeah, yeah. I just at this I, point, I, they're they were trying to get you know adult females or uh, in seats. They were trying to make uh, they were trying to make women, adult women, interested in monster movies because of that time it, like young male kids or um uh or just young kids at, in general or or just male adult or male adults were the only ones really watching monster movies at that time so this was mm-hmm. an attempt for from toho to get that to grasp that female demographic and i think they did it to to some like some mo- some very significant level of success because mothra is a very popular uh character among women and men I know a ton. I know a lot of men who really adore Mothra, which for good reason. Uh, mm. I'll be honest, Mothra is not my favorite character, but you know, to each their own, I suppose. Mm. Um, you can't. I can't help but talk about this movie and also contrast or compare and contrast the characters that we got in '64 with Mothra versus Godzilla. I think uh, specifically the Shobijin, uh, the twins, where in this movie they felt more like a plot device than actual characters like they did in 64. Yeah. Like, I just feel mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I don't want to degrade them, but it, they did feel more like a, just a prop in this film. Yeah. And I mean, these are, I mean, they weren't like established in the way that they are later on that you can sort of, I mean, they're sort of like mystical elements in the story. So it's like, mm. I also feel like a, a subject in this movie was the objectification of, of, I guess, women and like, uh, you know, indigenous people, you yeah. know, from foreign places Something where that wasn't really do. a subject in the 64 movie, but I think they're, they're treated quote unquote, like objects in the script because, uh, you know, one of the themes was like, you know, it's not good to do that. Like, that's kind of like what makes the villain, the villain yeah. is that he mm-hmm. thinks he can control these people. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he can yeah. like, I think there's a line where he says like, they're an object, you know, they, they're not people they're objects yeah right and i don't i don't think that was like an accident or an oversight in the script i think that was a deliberate thing in in Mm -hmm. terms of like subject matter here and i think uh in in 64 that they were trying to cover different topics probably more like environmental issues but Mm -hmm. we we talked about that on our show and that like in in this one they they are like you know entirely prisoners for the entire movie but when you get to 64 they can like teleport and they're yeah. going back and forth to the island and and japan mm-hmm. and um you know they're, they're treated very differently mm-hmm. like they, yeah. they don't even talk until 
maybe half an hour in in this movie yeah they speak using that song well they do yeah they do speak using hammond organ audio (laughs) uh somebody thinks they're saying something yeah uh but yeah yeah, I mean, it's uh, they were definitely experimenting with the with the Shobijin characters. They're, it's not quite like if you're if, if someone was to watch someone who's familiar with like the Shobijin characters from like later Mothra related movies and they watch this film expecting it to be sort of the same. They're not going to quite get that because I don't like the, the the twins are not given the same agency in this film. And they're really not even <clears throat> I mean, they're a major plot point. Don't get me wrong, but they're not even really given a whole a whole lot of focus in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. is a very Mothra centric movie, whereas I feel like some uh, films that would come later are a very Shobijin centric movie, but with Mothra as a co-star. And that Weird. sort of uh, made me think earlier today that I, I, I know this is going to piss a lot of people off, but I don't see Mothra really as a leading lady, but she's more of a co-star. Like she does better as a co-star than she does, you know, on her own in, in most cases. Um, this being the exception, of course, yeah, this being her debut film. Yeah. yeah. Her debut film um, and, and all that. But I actually enjoy Rodan more than I do this film. Honestly. Mm. <clears throat> well, <laughs> well, that's something we can't relate to. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then Grattan hangs up on the ground. <laughs> and then Grattan, yeah. Wh- wh- where did you guys go? Hello? Are you there? Um, I think Mothra works better as a monster in this one than Rodan does. Yeah. In, in that other one, or at, at least I, I think the pairing of Mothra with the Shobijin is like, I, I like that they're, and and you were kind of touching on it like later they become more of like an omen for when Mothra will appear yeah, than yeah. they are here. They work a mm-hmm. little bit differently, but I do like that relationship of yeah. like and I don't know, it, it's it's almost like an elaboration or like adaptation <clears throat> or, uh, or reinterpretation of King Kong in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I couldn't help but think of King Kong a lot yes. when I watched yeah. this movie. They are taking that structure like basically pretty yes. much to a T. I mean, until the the third act. Yeah, because they sort of run out of. Yeah, well, Mothra lives yeah. and the bad guy dies. It's yeah. like if if Carl Denham was like <clears throat> deliberately malicious. Yeah, what would happen? Yeah, but uh, and instead of the, you know, instead of taking the monster and bringing it here, the monster brings itself because <laughs> yeah, he took something yeah. else. But yeah. I don't know. I, I really liked it, and I I thought the the King Kong influence, like in a way, I think you could view this as like kind of a reboot of King Kong. Yeah. And that definitely it has at least so a, much in, like yeah. down to like, you know, they get on the boat and they go to the Island. Yeah. It, the, the Island has this whole sort of like culture mm-hmm. in it and like this mystical, like magical Island foreign Island yeah. element. And then they, they come something back for entertainment. Yeah. They bring, that, yeah, they bring know? the show like the, the most direct connection is the part when uh, Nelson is standing on the stage definitely and yeah, that's it's like it's totally... framed almost exactly like that scene from king kong yeah. where uh carl denham's standing on the stage mm-hmm. and yeah you know bringing something back with the intent of using it on, as a show and mm-hmm. then the monster getting loose and causing destruction yeah yeah it's 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 definitely doing a lot of the same things that i think king kong was sort of like playing around with at least mm-hmm. you know but um it feels a little more I don't know. Not not 
it feels like it's trying to go in a little harder on like trying to do something with it, mm-hmm. you know, than it is like, you know, King Kong, I think it's been pretty well documented that it's like, it was just meant to be an action adventure. Yeah. There wasn't like too entertainment. much. Yeah. There wasn't too much like that they were going for in terms of statement. Uh, you yeah. know, yeah, there was no, um, I mean this, the, the cultural statements on King Kong came much later. No. Yeah. It, mm. and, and I mean, that doesn't like, you know, diminish it's like, you know, sort of symbolic. You right. Know, sort of Potential, like why yeah. it works, you know, mm-hmm. as like a, you know, sort of with what it is like doing. That one's more of like an interpretive thing. Yeah. You can interpret it that way, but this one's like, it's trying, it's setting out to, to be commentary. Yeah. It's setting out to do at least something. And it isn't like totally preoccupied with making a point. It's also just a, yeah, very know, a giant monster, yeah. you know, spectacle right. movie. Wow. And there's a lot of sympathy for the, the show gen, I think. Yeah. More yeah. so than there was for King Kong, at least yeah, in the 33 like monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is very much like, you know, it's like completely their fault, like like completely the civilized world's fault uh-huh, for yeah. what happens. Mm-hmm. Really just one guy's fault. Everybody else seems to. Realistica uh, is complicit. Realistica is complicit. Um, <laughs> Until the end. Yeah. But they don't. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The, an interesting um, strategy to create a country. For your, <laughs> to create an entire country for your. They should have gone with America. Yeah. America. <laughs> That would have been awesome. <laughs> or Great Mitten. Or gr- Ooh, Great Mitten. <laughs> great, great Mitten. Um, but no, you you even even through all the destruction scenes, because even through and this was something I was thinking about when you were talking just now, Matt, and even through all the de- like the scenes of destruction that Mothra was call with causing, I don't necessarily find myself being very sympathetic for the humans in this. Like it's like mm-hmm. Like, what do you expect's going to happen when a giant winged butterfly flies over your city? You know, st- stuff's going to break. Of course, yeah. you know, it's and it's not really intentional. It's not as, say, like in Rodan, where it was intentional destruction mm-hmm. um, or even in a Godzilla film where it's intentional destruction. It's sort of just accidental. It's it's just a consequence of bringing the Shobijin to the mainland. And then having Mothra search for the Shobijin. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's our own, it's really our own damn fault that our cities are being destroyed. And I think that's a commentary that, that could be mined out of this movie. Yeah. It is an interesting sort of uh, angle. Cause you know, a lot of these, I mean, there is, you know, after King Kong, it is, you know, basically, you know, that is the genesis of like a structure for mm-hmm. monster movies, like in general, mm-hmm. bringing yeah. something back from an Island. Like that's just, that's like a, that's, that's a structure. Yeah. Now, like that's that's how much it's been broken down. But like, right. So so that makes it, you know, and it's always like you bring something back and then it gets loose because and it's destructive in this place, partially because it's a monster and it's like malicious in nature. Mm-hmm. So that does make it sort of an interesting. I don't know if I want to say twist, but it is like an interesting sort of way to play, mm-hmm. you know, like the the whole, you know, like uh structure of bringing something back mm-hmm. and then having it you know cause destruction it's like mothra's mm-hmm. just her just like her presence mm-hmm. causes it which and i is think an that's interesting generally that's that's a more eastern way of viewing the world yeah, it, it, yeah. like with america it's very very much like we always have to be in control this isn't something new it's been it, people talk about it all the time no, yeah, particularly with giant monster movies but 
Right. This is like, you know, King Kong gets back and they kill him with planes. And here they bring out those big like heat ray guns and try to kill Mothra while she's in a cocoon. And like, not even that works. Like, you know, it's nature's just going to, you know, do what it needs to do regardless of what that means for humanity. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think generally that just kind of reflects more of like an Eastern outlook on on, sensibility nature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's one thing that bugs me about, you know, monster movies in the West where when the monster dies or the monster is defeated, it's it's met with it's met with celebration. Whereas in in the in the East uh, or especially with Toho films and especially with the, the Shiro Honda films, it's seen as a tragedy when yeah, it's really somber. When mm-hmm. It's a very somber moment when a, when a monster dies or a monster um leaves in this case mothra does not die but you know she leaves but because it, it so the so maybe the somberness doesn't quite work as well here because it actually when at the end of the film it is more of a joy uh, joyful moment because the shobi jenner returned to mothra mothra can go home but you also in the back of your mind have to think about all that destruction that mothra caused and how it could have just been avoided if people weren't so greedy correct mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but that's one thing that that bugs me about, you know, Western films, like I was saying is, you know, just how some of these monster movies are like when the monster is defeated, it's met with celebration. I get it. I understand why that is a thing, but it's more, I feel like it's a more interesting approach to take sort of the Eastern perspective, or at least the, I say the Eastern perspective, it could be just simply the, the, the Shiro Honda perspective where it's, Mm -hmm. you know, these monsters, these creatures, they exist because of our own, of our own mistakes. And so when they cause destruction, it's always a somber moment. And even when they die, it's always a somber moment because it should not have had to be that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I think the 2014 Godzilla worked is that ending made it feel like, you know, it kind of gave it that connection to like the Japanese Godzilla, the quote unquote real (laughs) Godzilla. Yeah. Where it's got the same sensibility. I think that that made people, Godzilla fans connect with that one a little more than they would yeah. have with the 98. King, mm-hmm. Oh, 98. Yeah. 98 as much. Like, I respect 98 because without 98, we wouldn't have gotten 2000. Um, but we like 98 too. It's like a fun old, like dumb yeah. buster, mm-hmm. you know, it is. Just, it's a, it's a, it. it's big, dumb fun. It's like monster hunter, which but is just big, dumb fun. The 2014 one. I'm just saying like that, that aspect of it, like gave it, the, you know just the tattest uh connection yeah to the original godzilla and it like applies a slight like increased amount of like depth because you're building on that sort of mm-hmm. i don't know if i want to say tradition but you know like you're it's yeah like there is of, a tradition of godzilla yeah, movies yeah you know of just like you bring that into the you know american mm-hmm, it yeah. just feels more connected yeah. yeah no i agree with that I can I can get on board with that. Uh, it's just I, I, Godzilla 2014 was more respectful to the franchise, one thousand percent. But mm-hmm. we're not talking about Godzilla 2014 here. We're talking about Mothra. Uh, so moving on to sort of the uh, the one thing that a lot of us kaiju fans uh, kind of geek over is the special effects and just cinematography in general. So let's start with Grattan. Grattan, what are your first thoughts about like sort of the special effects work in this film? I noticed. And, you know, now as somebody not only who watches a lot of giant monster movies, but like I, I pay more attention to them now because we have to talk about them for long mm-hmm. periods of time on our show. Yeah. So right. I like to think that I have a slightly trained eye 
you know, when I'm looking at this stuff. And to me, you would think I, so. <laughs> August Rigoni might say something different. He's got a few years on me, but, uh, but no, uh, to me, the special effects in this one looked really, really fantastic mm-hmm. compared to what came before and what came after. Like I, that's another reason why I think this is a quintessential giant monster movie is I'm one of the parts that makes me kind of, uh, you know, uh, makes me feel like I can't really connect to the original Godzilla is that the effects are very, very crude and mm, they're very prim. It's a very primitive film. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that it was the first time they did it, but this one just, it feels so polished and it's not quite the, the trashy under budget, uh, style of like the late sixties, seventies giant monster movies from Toho. Mm-hmm. It's, it's perfect. This movie feels so expensive. Yeah. Totally, it it yeah. just feels big and huge. And it, it, it feels like, I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't seen every movie that AG Subarai did the effects for, but this feels like, you know, like he was going all out totally, <laughs> to have yeah. this on his resume. Yeah. Totally. yeah. But yeah, everything like even down to like the, the egg hatching and, and Mothra coming out, yeah. like that's an image that we've been bombarded with as Godzilla fans. And so for that to, for us to feel anything when that happens is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it is like one thing that's now it's like going through the motions, but Mm -hmm. beyond this, just being the first time it was done, it is like the most like in the story it's happening at a, at a, an important moment and it's being executed with a lot of attention to detail. Um, Special effects. I love the. I don't know if it was a double exposure when they had that little carriage oh, yeah. floating on screen, you know, and they faded from a shot to a, a of the co- stagecoach like floating above the stage, and then it was Mothra as a larva crawling through the ocean, and it was like all black, and there was one light underneath. Mm. I don't. It was just so pretty. Like, yeah, no, it's you like really, really don't get and like. <laughs> artful images that pretty don't really pop up in a whole lot of giant monster movies mm-hmm. that effort isn't here mm-hmm. yeah and just because they were they were making so many of them mm-hmm. that it, it just hardly feels like they ever stopped to you know try really hard like they did here um so yeah i i thought the special effects were superb i also thought the miniatures at the end i don't know i think they used like a slightly bigger model mm. of uh the larva mothra but those miniatures at the end were insanely detailed for the time period they were and like i was very much impressed like uh, it's funny because the miniature work on the bridge the bridge scene uh when you had like the little like it's obviously all these cars are on wires and they're kind of just driving off mm-hmm. like you know back and forth on the bridge i was really impressed by that little that little miniature scene because normally <clears throat> when you get a bridge scene like this they don't you don't normally see the cars moving they're all just kind of stationary and to have that little touch like that was really nice um just the the miniature work for these cities was great and even the map paintings that they used for some of the background images, uh, like when they first arrive on, when the team first arrives on the island and are looking off into the distance, honestly, I could not tell the difference. I I couldn't tell you if that was real or like a real photograph or a composite or a composite image, or if it was uh, a map painting. I really could not tell because there was so much detail in that map painting. It was very very impressive. Like it, it's it's beautiful work by the special effects team in this film. Yeah, I love the way matte paintings look, and I think it's yeah. just because I was kind of like 
I've seen these movies for so long that like it's just a nostalgia thing. But I, I just love the the artistry of like you know creating this big painting just to use for one shot. You know, like <laughs> yeah, just yeah. to match it to the scenery. And I wouldn't say it necessarily fooled me or convinced me, but I did love the way it almost it's like a stylization thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I know back then that was just like how you did you know we need to show this place that doesn't exist that's the only way to do it but viewing it through a modern lens it's like that looks really good because it's it's not quite photo real but it you know it's made by an artist like extremely like painstakingly Mm -hmm. and vibrant colors and and the movie isn't trying to be like totally in a full-blown reality yeah yeah you know Uh i mean it's not trying to like go super camp or anything but it's like you know, it's it, it it knows a little bit about what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. It's got a good tone. It, yeah. it knows. It knows it, when it knows to take its itself tone, seriously because yeah. it does take itself seriously for the mm-hmm. most of it. But it doesn't get like too, you know, like we are trying to make a statement with this. Yeah, it, it's not afraid to like stop and laugh at yeah, something. Yeah, it puts the guys in silly suits, gives a science team uh, rifles. Yeah, you know, for <laughs> science, uh, I'm pretty sure the guy who played the main character was a comedian. Could be wrong, but I yeah. think I heard somewhere that he was. It would make sense because yeah, they, it would I make perfect sense. Yeah. yeah, they've got him making jokes. They've got him doing a lot of uh, slapstick comedy. Yeah, and it and, works really well too. It doesn't come off as like dumb or like you know. Like, it's not yeah. like that goofy. It's not like goofy comedy, sort of like what yeah. you got with King Kong versus Godzilla. You're right. Yeah. They're not trying to jingle keys in front of you to <laughs> yeah. your attention. Or Pretty much. Like, here, here, like, laugh at the laugh. You have to laugh now. Laugh yeah, now, yeah. please. Applause. Please you know, the theater. Laugh now. You still leave the theater. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's tasteful enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it works. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I know it would be important to discuss sort of the puppet herself. And I'm going to start with Matt this time. Matt, what did you think about the Mothra puppet? I, I know this is like, and I'm going to preface this by saying I have, I have very harsh thoughts on it, but I want to hear you guys first uh, because I know that this film was a very experimental. This it was the first time they'd done an effect like this, at least an effect like her before. So I'm curious, Matt, what did you think about the Mothra puppet puppet herself? Well, you know, it's rough around the edges, like the first couple times they do it, like they eventually get better. But like, you know, you compare it to stuff like uh, a little later on towards the end of the 60s and the 70s when Mothra shows up in some movies, you know, they're using mm-hmm. like an old puppet and it looks dead. Like it, it looks like dusty and dead. Like Godzilla you know? versus the sea monster. Yeah. 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 <laughs> died and passed away and that like the natives are dancing around it point, point it's been away. setting uh it's been setting in a lot somewhere for the last yeah. uh 10 or so years and they're like are we not going to clean it off first nah just throw it on screen we need something no yeah and um here i mean it looks fine uh, to me I, I mean it's like it, it's always looked like a little weird they never get the the movement quite right in any of these movies like it's never like they always get the wings flapping and it's never quite gelling with the way that it's moving across the screen mm-hmm. you know like there's never and i mean that would have been like really hard to do it comes off as very stiff yeah and i wish they would make it like tilt to turn and stuff but they always just like rotate it yeah yeah you know and it's always like you know i don't know just like a little bit there 
would make it go would go like a seriously long way. They did a good job yeah. here of like emphasizing the power of the wings, which yeah, they kind yeah. of like let that go later down the line, mm-hmm. even in 1964. But yeah, I, I thought they did a good job of like, you know, when she takes off it, it feels like she's taken off. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? they, they blow enough stuff around. Yeah. And, you know but um, well, yeah if you have enough wind machines of course mm-hmm. you know it's gonna it's gonna do the job but um i'm not a huge fan of this version of mothra i think that i think that they did a better job when they re-engineered the puppet for 64 i think it was a little bit more polished in 64 um especially the head sculpt the head sculpt looks like a squished fuzzball to me it does look but a then, little squished here yeah, yeah i'll concede that it does look a little squished yeah We'll meet you um, there. but for the, but for the fact that it was the first time, it was the first time them doing a puppet like this or like her before. I mean, it was, it's still an impressive maquette. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie about that. I think probably the most impressive scene with the Mothra puppet herself is the hatching scene because yeah. that yeah. they took their time to really make that seem realistic, mm-hmm. like her head coming out of the egg. And as the wind and sort of the, the wings have that, that unfolding movement, like, you know, she's, she's, um, you know, she's expanding her wings for the first time. That was impressive. Mm -hmm. And that is something we, we don't get until, uh, I want to say GMK, but it was done through CGI then. But for, as a practical effect, I was very, very pleased with how they pulled that off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really does look good. So, um, I think we're kind of talking in circles a little bit about this one. There's, I mean, let's face it. This movie is really, really good. This, and I can see why I can see why this film is someone's favorite, but I can also see why some, why this film is someone's not so favorite or they just flat out hate it. So since we try to do a little bit of the positives and negatives on this show, mainly positives, but uh, what are some things that you wish, or you thought that they could have done better? And we'll start again with Matt. Um, well, as always, blue screen is a tad rough. Uh, yeah, VFX, like mostly I, I enjoy a lot of things about this movie, like just from like a script and like story level, like it's mm. working pretty well, like as far as these things go, because, y- you know, I- I've said it before, but like, you know, when you have these giant monster movies, it's really hard to sort of get something because you're basically working yeah. like you want the giant monster to like sort of be a main character, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, especially in the older ones. But you also need like people there. Yeah. You know, uh, so it's like a lot of movies really have trouble like juggling, you know, you either one gets forced into another story, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think they do a pretty good job of like coming up with sort of a little like, you know, uh, like crime, you know, little adventure <clears throat> plot for the people. Mm-hmm. And that like perfectly meshes with the, with the Mothra stuff. Um, anyways, but like uh, my main like issue with this movie, besides the fact that they painted uh, a bunch of ja- uh, Japanese people like Brown, <laughs> uh, which was industry standard at the time. So I guess I have to put it in context. Right. Uh, but right. I try not to like for something like that uh, when they, when they do, cause I know that's like this film and some others, they like, there's been several people who have complained about the black, sort of the black faced or alluded black face element to it. Um, I try to view these films in the context of which of when they were made. Mm. So and where, yeah, I mean, and like, where, yeah, I don't know how many, yeah, extras you could get. Yeah, you know, 
Butch, you know, I I know Japan probably, well, I know they definitely didn't have like the, the Jim Crow, like background that we did. And they probably weren't even like aware that that had happened in America or not Not, a lot of people would be. Yeah. Or like uh, understand the full extent of what that means. So not that it really makes it any better, make it better, but the context is different. You know, it yeah. is. No, it, it is like they're not like ignoring some, you know, when like white people do blackface, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's like, you I know, don't think it's intent. I think, I don't think no, it's yeah, intentional. It's, I think what they're doing is like, okay, we need people to look like natives. Okay. Uh, my make thing, them look like natives. So my take, thing here is that they keep saying they look or they're similar to Polynesians. Uh, the guy, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Churro or whatever his name is, Chujo. Uh, he, <laughs> sorry, I called Churro. him Churro. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, he, he keeps saying they're like Polynesians. They're like the Polynesian people. So it's like, okay, well, if you're directly comparing them to a group of people that already exist, yeah, why not get Polynesian mm. people? But, but yeah, uh, tr- you know, trying to not offend people was not on the agenda. Not for of- anybody, basically, unless you were trying not to be a communist. Yeah, not in the movie industry <laughs> back then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Communism. Yeah, but, that was um, the biggest sin you could commit. You could basically do anything yeah but right. being politically correct was not on the uh agenda for yeah for film mm-hmm. in this era <laughs> yeah anywhere for sure yeah I, I just, yeah but anyways you know uh my really only main complaint is that at times the 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 effects are like rough especially when it comes yeah. to blue screen mm-hmm. like and that i think that comes down to a lot of like they were still sort of figuring out how to do that really clean at this point in mm-hmm. movie history like it, it's like Every now and then they almost get stuff like when, when the, uh, when, what's his name? The, uh, evil dude, Nelson, Nelson, (laughs) when there's a, there's a cool part. Sorry to to go to a side, but there's an awesome part where he says Nelson Des, (laughs) and you you can tell Japanese is not his first language when he says that he he speaks it pretty well from what, from what I understand the whole time. But there's a part when he's like Nelson Des, he's like on a phone, (laughs) But that, that guy, he like opens the cage uh, at the first like uh, mm, yeah, show yeah. we see. And like, I don't know. I guess they had him. They shot the Mothra part first and then they had him match it, match it, I would imagine. But he like basically like what it looks like happened is like the Mothra twins like opened the door of that little carriage that came down mm-hmm. and they've like mm-hmm. blue screened the guy in front of them. And he like puts his hand on the door and it makes it look like he's opening the door for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it, it almost matches up. It's so close. It's very close. And even the blue screening is like almost clean edges, mm-hmm. but it never quite is. And, and you know, I, I, I just imagine this was like difficult stuff to do. Yeah. You know, first of all, but then there's other parts where like when the guy picks up the, one of the Mothra twins and it's just like straight up a doll, like a Barbie. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. just like a, it's a bit like, you know, like if somebody's looking through the viewfinder, like, you know, that's one where you're like, okay, do it again. I can tell that was a doll, mm-hmm. you know, like try to yeah. block it. <laughs> like you only want to use the dolls in like extremely wide shots. Yeah. You know, but- I think, I think one of the, I think, for me, one of the main complaints that I have about this film is sort of similar to what you're saying, Matt, is although this film was is very important and it's but it, and it's also it's all it's very experimental in a lot of ways. 
But experimenting like that comes with its drawbacks. And so they're trying some new techniques. They're trying some new camera and they're trying probably some new camera work and a little bit of uh, uh, some uh, effects work as well and some props and whatnot. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that was that is fairly new about this movie uh, in particular. And I think a lot of it works, but then again, a lot of it doesn't sort of like what you were saying with the Barbie doll uh, mm-hmm. as the stand in for one of the Shobi Uh, it's obviously a, a doll, uh, but you know, they don't linger on it a whole lot. So yeah. if, if I, if I, if I'm putting myself in the mind of someone in the 1960s, would I be fooled by it? Uh, as opposed to someone who lives in 2021, probably, I would probably be a little bit fooled by it at least. Uh, yeah. at least I would be able to suspend my disbelief enough to be fooled by it. Yeah. Even um, I am, you know, like I, I can go along with it. Like, I, it, like that's really my only uh, criticism, unless I really want to nitpick like the pacing towards the end. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but that it, is really nitpicky. That is sort know, of nitpicky oh, though. I, it's like you know the VFX stuff. It's like for me, it, you know, it's like uh, you know that's part of the the deal. That's part of the score for watching mm-hmm. these movies. It's like uh they 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 messed that up. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know, nobody uh-huh. watches nobody watches. Uh, old giant monster movies from Japan because they don't know how they did it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, like, it's it's got visible seams, yeah. and that's that's what makes it so appealing. Or yeah. part of what makes it so appealing is like you can see like people made this. You know what I yeah, mean? Like and people, it was hard. People like they crafted tried, this. Yeah, like this was very carefully job. Yeah, and 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 I mean, I, you know, I, it's charming at this point. You know, it's like you know, cool. Even at sometimes it like does. You, the only bad thing about it, like, and it really isn't a bad thing because I like it, but like, I can see, like, you know, um, because this movie, like, especially once you get around to the island stuff, starts like getting pretty like engrossing in a way that like other monster movies like kind of don't. Uh huh. You know, it's got like, a pretty fast-paced first act. Yeah, they're not really messing around. Like they're they're like, okay, let's go. You know, like we're not going to sit around and talk in rooms for, you know, 30 minutes and then go and mm-hmm. stretch us out for as long as possible. Like we're just, we're going, we're going, you mm-hmm. know, which is cool. They're cutting between stuff a <clears> lot of times. It's not, it's not quite jarring, but it, it is yeah. like a little faster yeah. than we're used to. Yeah. And it's like, but yeah, they, 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 uh, it, so I can see like somebody getting distracted by that. And mm-hmm. to an extent I am distracted by it, but I like it. Like ah ha ha that's funny, yeah. You know, I just end up laughing at it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, it's sort of like it's sort of the tax you have to pay when you watch these movies, is what uh, I yeah, sort it's of like. It's part of the it's part of the appeal for me, honestly. And even like uh like King Kong Escapes, one of our favorite movies. This movie is nowhere near as egregious with special effects. No, yeah, flaws yeah. as that one. <laughs> you know, there's when like, they've got full <laughs> stage lights on King Kong holding a Barbie doll. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they, they don't shy away at all. This one, they're, they're in shadows. There's people with their back turned. Yeah. They're yeah, trying yeah. very, very hard by comparison to hide the fact that these are dolls. dolls. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And in this movie, you don't have Mothra's uh, head al- almost ready to fall off because mm. it was a little bit too loose for the actor in the suit. Uh, you know, not that that ever happened in King Kong escapes, but you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, you know, when you go into a movie, I feel like when, when you go into a movie like this, you are going into it with the expectation, at least in 2021, you're going in with the expectation of you're going to see some flaws. You're going to see some wires. You're going to see this, but that's really like, I think that's what you two were saying was it's sort of like sort of the appeal to these movies. 
is why would you watch these if like that really gets in the way for you it's an experience that you can't get with modern cinema no yeah this isn't gonna look like you know i don't know if i could get you know blue screen to look quite this crackly and like jarring Mm -hmm. yeah i mean they they just don't make like big monster movies like you know they don't use practical effects anymore or they use very minimal they don't film on film anymore you know it's it's, all this stuff is done in a quote-unquote outdated way which is like that's the charm of it yeah yeah it's a it's a time capsule Mm -hmm. like a Mm -hmm. mothra is a time capsule for the era that in in which it was made and i and and honestly compare it to some of some more modern monster movies from say asylum or you know like the obviously really terrible movies Mm -hmm. i will take person operating a giant butterfly puppet every day of the week, as opposed mm-hmm. to some uh, crappy CGI uh, dinosaur made by some little small studio, which don't get me wrong. I love independent films. I try to, I try to support independent films, but there's just something special about a movie like this. Well, I mean, honestly. there's real like effort behind this. Like they're not like saying like the reason it looks bad isn't because like, Oh, they went like, ah, who cares? Yeah, you know, right. It, it, it looks bad because they—that's like the best that they could do. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it was—it was done. A film up. like this is done in earnest. Yeah. yeah. No. The it, difference is that this—this this was good special effects for its time, whereas those asylum movies are bad special effects for their time. Yeah. So they right. might both look bad, but this looks more genuine. Yeah, and there's you can you can just feel when people care about yeah, movies. Yeah. I mean, you can just always feel it. You know, yeah. somebody cares about what they're yeah. showing you. So it's safe to say that we all three are pretty much in agreement that we love this movie. I mean, it's it's a it's a solid movie. We all respect this movie. It's it's a really important movie. So uh, I think it's time to move on and give our Godzuki score. And for those of you guys playing the home game, we like to rate our films out of five Godzukis because we like to embrace the sillier side of this genre by rating these films after Godzilla's bumbling nephew from the Hanna Barbera cartoons. So, uh, let's start with Matt. Out of five Godzukis, what would you give Mothra from 1961? You've got a lovely singing voice. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. You know, um, this is like just like like a really solid movie, and it's like I'm not like you know we we say a lot of great stuff about this, but you know I don't know if I'd quite say like I'm crazy about this movie or you know like it's so good. It's just like really, really solid, you know, Um, and I really wouldn't say there's too much wrong with it. The towards the end, it starts to drag a little, you know, but like a lot of these do, you know, in some way or another, you know, like destruction scenes go on too long. and It's like, okay, wrap it up, you know, but I don't know. This one feels pretty solid to me. Um, I really don't have much to complain about. But right. uh, nothing like extraordinary about it. So I, I'm going to go with like a, like a four out of five. Four? Okay. And that's, re- that is respectable. Grattan, what is your Godzuki score? My Godzuki Oh, wow. Score. He's outshining you now. He's <laughs> <laughs> turning into a scene contest. Wow. Grattan, you know, he was, he was the number one choir boy in school. I was getting ready to ask you, were you in show choir? Because with that voice, I mean, I bet you could, I bet you could have went far. 
I was in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was in. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, okay. Yeah. This movie, I really like it. I mean, I, yeah, there's not much, a whole lot I could say about it. Uh, one thing I didn't touch on. Sure. It's got a, uh, a great villain. I think the key to yes, a great giant yeah. monster movie is a villain. I think mm-hmm. that's something King Kong escapes, uh, uh Gamera versus Barugon, uh, even, uh, Godzilla versus or Mothra versus Godzilla, even though I don't like that one. Good villains help. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. think good human right. villains do. And I think exactly. that this one has a very, very solid villain. One of the best. Uh, so I'm going to give this, I really, really like this movie. It's mm-hmm. colorful. It's fun. It's great. It's thrilling. Uh, I'm going to give it 4.5 Godzukis. Okay. All right. That's, and that's, 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 that's really respectable. Uh, <laughs> so for me, so I really like this film. It's, it's a must watch. I feel like it's important for any Godzilla or any God, yeah, any Godzilla fan, any fan of this genre to watch it because like, like we've talked about here, it's an important film for its time. It's an important film because it's, it was experimental. It, um, uh, the debut of Mothra, who is arguably one of the most popular kaiju in this genre period, aside from, you know, Godzilla himself. Um, and the script, the script, the, all the writing, the music, all of it, you know, all came together with a really good purpose in mind. And that was just to give us a great film to watch. The pacing was, the pacing, yes, was a little bit uh, weird towards the end, but you know, the first, the, the first and middle parts were all really great. The destruction scenes could have been cut a little bit shorter. Um, but I think it all was, uh, I think it all was just well-intentioned. I think it was all well done. So, you know, thank you to everyone who made this film. I know most of them are dead by now, but still yet. Yeah. Say, say one out for everybody who worked on this movie. Exactly. If I had any booze with me right now, I would pour one out for everyone who worked on, worked on Mothra in 1961. (laughs) So for my Godzuki score, um, I'm going to give it a four and a four out of five Godzukis. It is a solid movie. It's not my favorite movie. I'm not even a big Mothra fan. Um, but I do respect this film and I really, I just really like it. I mean, it's, it's one that I don't mind watching numerous times. Like I, I can put it in and and be happy with it. Honestly. Yeah. It's a, it's a goodie. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an oldie but a goodie, as the kids would say. As young people say, <laughs> as, the, as the as the youngins say, uh, since we're both like- so for, for, from the south. It's <laughs> a little differently down here in the south. Oh, we do things a little differently down in the south. But it does well, feel I like do the clown. <laughs> in in terms of like these giant monster movies made by Toho yeah. during the same time that they were making Godzilla movies, this one probably feels the closest to a Godzilla movie. Yeah, out of yeah. all of them, like even you know Rodan included and. Whatever, right. trying to do something like Varen real. King Kong escapes. Like, like, it's not trying to be like an exploitation thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? right. Yeah, exactly. So we have one more segment to get through, and that is our mailbag. What's in the mail today? And of course, this mailbag comes from some guy named Trivis. Tra- tra- travis tra- travis <laughs> travis 
Travis. How the heck you s- Travis. There we go. This Tra- this mailbag comes this mailbag comes from Travis. Uh and Travis writes uh, what is the most overhyped kaiju film in your opinion? Not necessarily a bad film, but one that you think people give more love and attention to than it deserves. Alternatively, alternatively, what is a kaiju film that gets a little gets little to no recognition that you think deserves more? We'll start uh, with Grattan. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't want. I've answered this question before, so I'd, I would like to give a different answer than I usually do. Um, yeah, I'll say Martha versus Godzilla. The first one seems to get a lot of love, mm-hmm. uh, when in, in my eyes, it seems like pretty much just kind of a run of the mill, like average mm-hmm. to slightly below average yeah. giant monster movie yeah. for the time. Uh, but for my, for my underrated giant monster movie, it's gotta be King Kong escapes. Yeah. There's no getting, around there's that. no way around it. It's fantastic. I, I mean, it's, 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 Maybe better than any Godzilla movie. I don't know. We're still getting the results. We're still in. getting the results. There's more information. More, in every yeah. Day. Every yeah. day we're getting. Are more they still finding? But are, are they still finding ballots under the tables for that one? Uh, yeah, they're, they're still finding parts of the bodies. They're still finding more bodies. <laughs> Stop the count. Stop the count. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. In prison after I've been arrested for yeah a uh, hundred murders. That's when you know the Twitter poll. Mothra versus Godzilla is one option. King Kong escapes is the other option. Mm, you okay. know, and uh, King Kong escapes is losing horribly. Yeah. Stop the count. Stop the count. <laughs> Stop the count. <laughs> Love that. That's so cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So Matt, what is your, what is your answer? Is what is your number? What is your underrated and overrated film? Um, I, I would definitely agree that, that Mothra versus Godzilla is like pretty overrated. Like that one gets a lot of love that I don't understand, but just so I'm not saying the exact same thing as Gretton, um, 85 or not 85, 84, 84. Yeah. 84, the, you know, the return or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, I feel like a lot of people give that one a lot of credit. Nobody really seems to love it too much but it does seem to like get respect in a way that i don't really feel like it deserves it's just like not that great mm-hmm. i feel like uh yeah. I mean, it's just because i've watched it recently that <laughs> that's it sticks out to me but that one like mothra versus godzilla those yeah those really just sort of stick out to me as like pretty overrated um and then yeah i gotta go with king kong escapes because i you know it makes me feel like an insane person that nobody else thinks that movie is like awesome mm-hmm. like me and Gratton do um but yeah that that's my answer well i'm gonna go three for three and third king kong escapes as an underrated film Uh, I too, I too love King Kong escapes. It's just a fun movie. I like, I actually like King Kong escapes more than even King Kong versus Godzilla. I think, yeah, I I think it's a lot more solid. It's a lot more, I think it's a lot more entertaining. Um, there is, there is a lot of campiness to King Kong escapes, but there's campiness in all these movies. Um, they, it does camp and they, so well, yeah, the, that's like, but what it, you want yeah, exactly. Them. It's like that, that scratches that itch perfectly. Mm-hmm. It does. And it's got uh doctor who it's like, dig Kong. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. amazing. Doctor so yeah, who. that would be my, that would be my pick for an underrated, but an overrated film. And I'm about to piss some people off. Um, an overrated film is Shin Godzilla. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree I with think. That. I think yeah. Shin Godzilla is a very much overhyped film. Now, totally. don't I respect? I respect Shin Godzilla. I actually like Shin Godzilla, but it's mainly for like the cinematography, and it's really only in that one. It, it's really only in that like ten minute ten minute period when he really gets into the heart of Tokyo and mm. the, the the destruction scene. That's really the only thing that I wholeheartedly enjoy about Shin Godzilla. The rest of it, I could take it or leave it. Honestly, I think Gojira from 54 did it better. I get what Shin Godzilla was trying to do. It's just a slog in my opinion to get through. Honestly, with all the bureaucracy stuff, which I know that that is, that was all on purpose. I get it because it's a commentary on the, what is it? The Fukushima disaster. Am I right? Yeah. That, that and like a couple other things, I think. Yeah. It's, yeah, it was a, it, it was a commentary on those things and it's like like government bureaucracy and jumping through hoops, yada yada yada. But it's right. just a, it, I mean, it, it it's a it it tries to be too many things at once. It tries to be artsy. It tries to be a Godzilla movie. It tries to be edgy. It tries to be horror. It really doesn't have a home in any particular lane. I guess lane's the first word that came to mind. So I'm going to say for my overrated film. I'm sorry, everybody, but not sorry at the same time. Shin Godzilla is very much so overrated. Yeah, we're going to show solidarity yeah. with you on that one. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to get too into it, but yeah, I get this really... A lot of Americans... I think, you know, Japanese people saying like, oh yeah, this is like really getting to the heart of something mm-hmm. in addition to probably like a cultural resonance that it has that it doesn't have over here. Yeah. Because it, it's not existing in the same like, you know, cultural landscape that it does over there. Um, I, I get this really disingenuous vibe from like Americans who are like, Oh yeah. Shin Godzilla is a wonderful film. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you just know that you're supposed to like it. Yeah. Like you, you are so full of, I, 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 my problem is like, okay, they're criticizing how like convoluted and, uh, inefficient the, the bureaucracy and the government is of Japan. So they make an inefficient and convoluted and drab movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow, you really did it. You made something that's not fun to watch to yeah. sh- stick it to the government. All right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know if it's like, like that's not been done before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Akira instead. Akira's oh, great. Akira's great. <laughs> it's about the same thing, except there's no bad CG. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's a pretty movie. Although there, you know, there are like I will, I will say there are very beautiful shot. There are very beautiful moments in Shin Godzilla, particularly mm. the the shot that comes to mind when like the destruction scene is almost over and he's glowing like red and purple with the with the mm-hmm. fire and the destruction behind him. That's a beautiful shot. Uh, and even in the daylight scene, the daylight scene when the helicopters are first coming at him and just sort of the how it's juxtaposed. Juxt- the his how he's positioned on screen uh mm. with the helicopter in the foreground him in the background and just kind of all that in, in the surroundings that's that's pretty well done too but other than that other than those like other than that like 20 minutes right there in the middle i don't really care much for shane godzilla so yeah. mm-hmm. you know call me a call me a call me a gatekeeper i don't care so before we get out of here, guys, I want to give you to a few moments to give all of your shameless plugs. So where can we find you both on the internet? 
Well, you can find us pretty much exclusively on Twitter and uh, podcatchers. I think that's what the podcast places are called. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're pretty active on Twitter. Uh, we're always giving our two cents and taking people down a peg. That's right. <laughs> Doing meaningful social interaction on Twitter. We're changing the world with a wave of our finger. <laughs> we're changing the world with a block of text. Uh, anyway, yeah, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I think it's just at giant monster BS. Mm. Um, but the important thing is that you listen to our podcast, which is giant monster BS, which I'm pretty sure is on every platform that distributes podcasts. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you can find us everywhere, I think. And also listen to only in Amityville. If you're listening to this, the spinoff at any time during the year, uh, Listen to our October podcast where we cover the Amityville franchise and many more and films. Many more films of similar um, stuff. You can also follow Matt on Twitter. His uh, username is in the bio of Giant Monster BS. Yes. Um, okay. That's it. I'll make sure to link. Uh, I'll make sure to put links to all of the places people can get in touch with you in the show notes of this episode, just in case people want to interact with you before they actually get to know you first. So <laughs> fair warning, everybody. Uh, um, you want to be <laughs> no, no, honestly, you got it. <laughs> g.m.b.s.gdsa <laughs> at gmail.com. You can contact us there. Yeah. If you have any problems with us yeah you, you guys are great though problems you can find me at 1403 <laughs> uh 19th street and we can uh we can i can come outside and we can deal with that problem in person okay <laughs> i i own guns okay if <laughs> okay we can settle this in person uh you know if you got a problem with me you can come t- say it to my face i don't well, you know you guys are in texas that. right we're in texas uh, yes. Yeah. Of course. Of course, we're. Well, in actually, Texas. we are. We're in Blithville, Arkansas. Uh, yes, is we are. where we oh, are. Okay. We are gotcha. just out of Blithville, Arkansas. It's a beautiful little town. Town, kind of side of the road town. Kind of side of the road town. Kind of living in a box, side of the highway. <laughs> kind of doing heroin, and all this is in my head. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I am curious. Um, do you guys have anything planned for October this year? Anything special? I know did you did we, Amityville. The last plan. Year. The plan is we're going to do season two. This is my plan, at least. I think Matt agreed to it months ago. Yeah. But the plan so far is to do another season of only in Amityville. But we're we're no longer going to be doing Amityville movies. We're just going to be doing popular or uh, critically acclaimed horror movies. Yeah. Um. We're gonna we're gonna try to do like ones that. You know, if Matt's seen one, I haven't seen it, or if I've Vice seen versa, it, yeah. yeah uh, alternatively, we um will do uh you know just if there's a, a horror movie good enough, then we've both seen it. We might review it. I don't know if we want to do like the first child's feel, play or something. Yeah, if it hasn't gotten enough attention or and, respect or something. Uh, we're toying with doing another podcast at some point in the near future, maybe after graduation happens this year, uh, with one of our our friends in real life where we cover lesser known critically acclaimed movies and like kind of indie movies. Yeah. Um, more to come on that in the yeah, future. That is under wraps. And <laughs> if you put that on the podcast, you will be sued. You will be DMCA strike down. Just kidding. You can put that. On. 
<laughs> okay. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun, guys. And I just want to thank you both for you know being willing to hop on and and help us out this week. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you guys are really good people to know, and I don't care what they say about you guys on the internet. I like <laughs> you. <laughs> that's right that's all we thank care you. about thank you yeah know. we're really happy to be on here yeah uh, for real. this is like probably one of my favorite uh non-giant monster bs uh kaiju podcasts out yeah. there uh don't tell anyone i said so but yep. i okay. do listen to this out travis <laughs> <laughs> probably like you know two out of three episodes i listen to you guys which is pretty good for podcasts i'm pretty fickle on podcasts but yeah. um yeah I, I was really happy to be here uh we've interacted several times over like social media i've had you on our show mm -hmm. and kaiju quarantine and stuff like that so it's nice that we're finally doing the crossover yeah of yeah. legend worlds have collided mm -hmm. right that that should be your heading for the tweet that you know <laughs> worlds collide <laughs> two giant monster podcasts yeah the same world <laughs> yeah the same world people that know each other yeah, people have worlds known that each have other technically already collided we already had you <laughs> yeah <laughs> So say, yeah, in all caps, worlds collide. Maybe put a space in between each letter, too. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, we're uh, very lucky to know you and Travis. Yeah, I wish Travis nice. all the luck in the world. I love this show. I love everything that he's doing. Um, yes. Wish he could have been here, yeah. but I'm, I'm happy. He really that missed out. <laughs> yeah. He did. But, uh, he did. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad we were, I'm glad we were able to have a good conversation. But yeah. like I said, you guys are a lot of fun. And I appreciate your, I appreciate you both taking the time to uh to come out and and just do this show with us so yeah, thank you both i appreciate it awesome yeah this was uh, a nice conversation like, and i'm glad i got to revisit mothra yeah uh, yeah that's just a fun movie to rewatch. and yeah it deserved like another like watch plus a because we watched like a sort of subpar dub yeah and yeah transfer. Dub and transfer of it it was like a dvd that the only thing that was out at the time and then got to revisit and talk about it and like sort of you know give it some attention because I, I really just feel like I don't hear. A ton yeah. There's not movie. a whole lot of people who talk about not it. Really any buzz and it deserves it more than movies that a lot of movies that do. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we're just being contrarian, but it seems Probably like partially, <laughs> but it seems like something that doesn't get quite the amount of love and admiration yeah. that it should. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends like Matt and Grattan here, just so that uh, they can have more exposure to our illustrious voices. Uh, if you want to follow the pod, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly and I am Kaiju Groupie Pod on Twitter. All the links to our social media, as well as a link to the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group where we are hanging out. Uh, pretty often throughout the week can be found in the notes of this episode. Uh, you can send questions, comments, or answers to the trivia questions uh, to our email at kaijuweekly at gmail.com. A big thank you to everyone who supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. If you want to find out more about that project, please go to kaijuramenmagazine.com. Also, if you want to be awesome and help out the podcast, you can go head on over to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Uh, criticize us all you want in the comments. Uh, tell us that you named your kid after Matt and Grattan, something of that nature. Uh, and we promise we will read that feedback on a future episode, but it has to be five stars or else I won't read it at all. Not leave what a that's one do is star that's, review. Do, play, do not. Yeah, don't Stop. leave a one star review. No, 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 no. Those are a no-no. No, no, absolutely not. We, we might do no something more. drastic. 
<laughs> they don't hurt our feelings, but do not do it. Yeah, they do, we don't even <laughs> care about what our rating is on Apple Podcasts. Listen, you know, we're too cool for that. We're just a couple of chill guys. But you know, please don't do, not, do that. Just don't, don't leave one star. Leave but five. Why would you do that? Like, you don't have to <laughs> do that. You could leave five if you're going to review us. It makes no difference. <laughs> <laughs> And what, oh, and of course, what that's going to do is that's going to put this show and, of course, this giant monster BS in front of other kaiju and tokusatsu fans right. just like you. So, ex- <laughs> exactly. Um, so, the last thing I have to add, just like we add every week, and I've been sitting here trying to think of, of what to say, but I'm just going to go with it. You can help control the giant monster population by having both Matt and Gratton spayed or neutered. Thank you, guys. Oh, yes. no, you can't. <laughs> I won't. I won't be silenced. I won't. I won't be. I'm, I've already jokes on you. I've already got twelve kids <laughs> <laughs> in seven states. <laughs> uh, bye, guys. Like, all their own hit. Bye, bye, bye.